the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Well, our motors are running. Looking for adventure. We're always looking for adventure. And whatever comes our way. So, Mike, here, 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 yourself. here. No, wait a minute. What? 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 Don't, don't I'm not bust looking my, for adventure. Don't bust my flow. Okay, sorry. So, here's sorry. the deal. Yesterday, our 60s obsession was hair. And today we've got an opportunity, and I, I'm, if I was a little young, you were definitely young, to consume Easy Rider. Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper uh, coked up and on motorcycles. Uh, it, so there's Steppenwolf's Born to be Wild from the Easy Rider soundtrack because it is Peter Fonda's, Jane's little brother, Peter Fonda's birthday. He would have been 83, passed away in 19. I do remember when I first finally consumed Easy Rider, and I just thought, what is this? It's just them rolling through the desert. Jack, really young Jack Nicholson is in there somewhere. But the whole 60s, I turned 12, 13, just as the 60s became the 70s. So a lot of the hair and Easy Rider and stuff like that. The, my my quintessential late 60s movie was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, I remember so the, that. I remember was, Butch Cassidy. Yep, yeah, yep, yep, the yep, but the whole Easy Rider thing. Oh, 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 my oh, my, the great Burt Bacharach. There you go. There just you passed go. away. So Peter Fonda's birthday. Jane, of course, still around. Do you have any inclination to catch this? 80 for Brady thing that she nope. and Sally Field and nope. Rita Moreno. I'll watch Rita Moreno do anything because she's like 130 and looks half of that. She's amazing. Just amazing. amazing I have a personal thing. story about Rita Moreno. So my friend, and I'm thinking when you're talking about that that genre of movies, mm-hmm. Sally Struthers, who's a, a friend of mine I've known for many years, she, and I always drop her name because like she's like the most famous person I know, right? So it's like, oh, I know, I know Sally Struthers. But she was in that. She broke into Hollywood in a movie. It was. It wasn't. I think it was Five Easy Pieces. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, it was one, but mm-hmm. it was that same kind of genre, right? As Easy Rider, it was that sort of. And I forget. I think I don't remember even. I don't think I've ever seen her in it. But that mm-hmm. I know that's how she 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 came from Oregon to Hollywood. Got cast in that movie, and then the rest was history. All in the family was soon to follow, and uh, you know she's been acting and working ever since. Does she, she did, like being? Does she like being asked about all of the family all the time about playing Gloria Stevick, or does she, uh, she grow weary of it? No, it kind of depends on her mood. But I I know that <laughs> she she I, I've done events with her before. In fact, she and I toured in a play together. We we. Played Played uh, opposite each other in the in the A.R. Gurney play Love Letters, which was a mm-hmm. wonderful experience. We went all through Kentucky and Ohio. We did like a little tour, and uh, we did it in South Carolina. And I noticed that when people ask her about it, she wants to make sure that she reminds them of other work that she's done. You know, she goes, I was yeah. also in this movie. I was in the, how about the Gilmore Girls? You know, it's got to be Which tough. is like, lovely. But if that's the thing, I'll never forget. I was, I was doing a broadcast out of the great state fair of Texas. When I was down the dial, we would all right. do three weeks of radio from the from the fair, which was oh, in, in many yeah, ways fantastic and yeah. in other ways just a total pain in the neck. But the positives yeah. far outweighed the negatives. And here came the opportunity to interview Henry Thomas. 
Henry Thomas was Elliot e. in E.T. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he's like, he's, at the time, he's like, he's 28, he's 30-something now. Then, man, this will be great. What was it like being on the set, being part of this iconic thing? So we booked that. His PR people come, bring him down. And one of his PR people during the break right prior comes out and says, yeah, Mark, one thing, uh, he doesn't want to talk about E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? What? That's you know, great. So, well, what then, do you want to talk what? about? Then Some maybe I don't. Then maybe no I don't want to talk about. It. So, but, but he, using whatever charm I have, I talked about some diddly squat project he was involved with at the time. By the way, lately he's been in some things. Some of these haunted mansion Netflix thingy things. He's really good. He's wonderful. I mean, haunting of Hill House or something. Oh, wow. He really is an accomplished guy now that he's almost fifty. Well, but at the time, I talked about some other stuff, and then I found a way to get him into some ET talk, and it worked out fine. Okay. I think that well, the PR that. people, the PR people tell him that so that, you know, so that Joe Blow at Q105 in uh, Savannah, Georgia, doesn't right. sit there and beat him to death about E.T. Right. for the entire segment. Well, that's anyway. thanks to your skills as a great broadcaster, <laughs> well. a great host and a great <laughs> yeah. writer. I just poured through your column from Newsweek. Thank Ukraine you. fatigue builds on the horizon. Yeah. We're going to get into that today on my show. But I also have a couple of media stories I want to ask you about. Yes. Uh, a couple of first of all, tragedy not far from where I'm sitting right now in Orlando, a Spectrum News reporter was shot dead yesterday while covering a shooting of the same guy, uh, some 19-year-old miscreant who had had a, who's got an arrest record as long as your arm. Uh, He apparently was involved in a fatal shooting in the morning. Later in the day, and I don't know, you have have Spectrum in Dallas-Fort Worth? Sure so do. there's Spectrum is comprised that besides the cable network system, they have local news in markets all over the place. We've got Spectrum Tampa Bay here. Mm-hmm. They've got Spectrum Orlando and they have Spectrum in New York City. And these reporters, um, they are almost always young, fresh faced kids right out of college. These are not, uh, you know, m- people making two million dollars a year either. Yeah. They often lug the equipment out themselves. A lot of times you'll see a Spectrum reporter. They do their own stand up, which which is fascinating. They they set the camera up on the tripod because it's a low budget operation. Yeah, this is it's not a great, NBC. It's a great. It's a wonderful entry level gig, but it is an entry level gig. It's an entry level city. gig, mm-hmm. but it's local TV at its yep. at its purest. You know, these are in the community. I love watching Spectrum God Nine here in Tampa Bay. I mean, God bless these folks, and they're covering local events and weather and all kinds of stuff. So this kid, this this twenty four year old kid, is a reporter. And he's covering this crime scene, and the monster comes back and fires out the window, shoots dead the 24-year-old reporter who was engaged to be married. He was almost, he was a, I think he's a week away from turning 25. He critically wounds um, a Spectrum reporter, or a Spectrum News photographer. Then he goes bursting into somebody's house, his ex-girlfriend or something, and just murders the 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 woman's nine year old child, and then tries to kill the mother. She's fighting for her life right now. This is a cynical, awful thing for me to say, but maybe when members of the media get gunned down in the streets, the way citizens are all through America right now, maybe that'll get their attention that we do have a soaring crime problem in America. Well, we, I we hate had, to say that. No, no, it's it's okay because along in, in harmony with that observation, there was a Democrat congresswoman who just got the crap beat out of her in the in a, in a elevator of her building in D.C. And it's like, gee, not, nothing, you know, the definition of, of, a, of a hardliner on crime is a liberal who just got mugged. Listen, I'm going it, back, it, to, I'm going back people, to New York next week and I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really rough, especially 
in big blue cities. Uh, and I'm sorry to say that to remind everybody, but they are blue cities. I don't think you've got this kind of problem in Oklahoma City. No. I don't think you have this problem in Tulsa. I don't think you have this problem in uh, in Southlake, you know, or Grapevine, uh, you know, maybe da- Dallas. Uh, but, it, you know... I, you always come down to this line of demarcation. You got Marjorie Taylor Greene with her goofy red states versus blue states crap, but but it, but it is true about red states and blue states in terms of the way they're run and the. It's real simple. When you don't have you know consequences for crime. What do you think is going to happen exactly. for crying out loud? We are in post-consequences America where we let shoplifting go. What's the next thing we're going to let go? What are the next things we're going to get I soft about? Which is why DeSantis rolling into these liberal cities is genius. But but he's he's only the second biggest uh, victory of the of the GOP week. Trump in East Palestine, Ohio. Did you did, when I asked, did you see it? I really mean that. Of course I did. Did you see it? Of course you did. I did. We had to go find it. Did you catch the degree to which it was largely ignored, even on Fox News? Mike, you've been a a contributor in that building. What's going on? I'm watching The Five. You know what The Five does. It's the five or six hot topics. They ignored it completely. What is going on in that building? It's clear that Fox News Channel has made an editorial decision to try to erase Donald Trump from the public consciousness, from the public arena. It's unbelievable. And I didn't know. I didn't see The Five yesterday. It's one of the highest rated shows they have. You're telling me they didn't mention it? Not one bit. Mark, not, Mark not that's impossible. Bit. That's not, impossible. Yep. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. I'm I mean, I know they didn't the carry I know they didn't carry the speech live. Nope. How could they not mention it? Which is again How? in the five is where they just sit around and they riff and they show you little clips of here the, the biggest things that happen today. Of course, there's some Biden, there's some Ukraine, there's some Mayor Pete, there's some East Palestine, there's this all the, the topics were fine, but I think you find room somewhere for the guy who wants to be president again showing up the man who is president by going to a place his administration has ignored. Wow. I think that's, you give that sixty seconds. That's it's wild. Weird. I mean it's, it, weird. it's not well, no, it's 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 Insidious. It's really nefarious stuff. I mean, how? what the heck is Fox News thinking? I mean, I don't care if they put up footage of him in East Palestine and the whole panel says, man, this is just kind of, uh, it's kind of, it's a photo op. It's not, even if if they're critical about it, I don't care, but you don't ignore it. See, this is, but this is, uh, I'll bet you Tucker Carlson covered it, and I know he did because I watched it last night. Mm -hmm. So Fox (laughs) News didn't, as a network overall, didn't ignore it. I I mean, Tucker covered it, but why? What This is an interesting dynamic. I mean, it really is, uh, um, of course, Fox is in all kinds of, they've made all kinds of unwanted headlines the the dominion lawsuit had a as part of discovery they had a bunch of text messages that were shared between the fox news primetime stars tucker and sean and laura about the how essentially they didn't believe a lot of the election fraud claims yeah. from folks like Sidney powell and rudy giuliani and it's been an embarrassment and listen there there could be real i don't know if if fox is going to wind up having to pony up they're fighting back against dominion on the lawsuit Fox's argument is, listen, it's free speech. We have a right to air voices. If they people b- believe in election fraud, that we. Th- th- but now they're not airing the former president I, I of the know, United I States know. beating Pete Buttigieg and Joe Bi- Biden to East Palestine. How the heck is that not newsworthy, Mark? I do not know. And and I I don't think we've talked about the, the spate of emails, the, the heavy cash and treasure trove of emails uh, from the Fox News people. Here's what the other hostile media folks covering that are 
are trying to do, and I'm not going to let them get away with it. Because, yes, Hannity, even Tucker, some other folks said the specific things, sort of the Sidney Powell, crazy town, Dominion, flipping the votes in Venezuela, that was never going to develop legs. But they're trying to make it look like everybody at Fox News was giving the back of their hand to any semblance of election fraud, any semblance of impropriety. And that, of course, remains thoroughly front and center to millions of American voters that plenty of votes were counted that shouldn't have been because of changes made on the fly unconstitutionally due to COVID panic. They're trying to lump all election skepticism into the same pile, and I ain't having it. Well, meanwhile, let's go over to one of the broadcast networks, NBC. Um, Andrea Mitchell interviewed um, Kamala the other day, Mm -hmm. and she sat down with the vice president, and she said, quote, let me ask you, What does Governor Ron DeSantis not know about black history and the black experience when he says that slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida school children? Now, Mark, that's a bald-faced lie. That's an absolute 100% demonstrable lie. And, of course, Vice President Cackles didn't correct her. I mean, she just agreed, and they both... And so, I guarantee you, lots of people saw that interview and said, man... What an absolute SOB that the, the DeSantis yeah. doesn't want slavery being yeah. taught in Florida's classrooms. And, of course, there, he, his opposition to critical race theory has has nothing to do with slavery. Has He's gone after specific, actual, specific courses. Some in not history. Black history specific, well, some of them are historical. But, well, but, no, but they have he to wants do with, to... With weaponizing history, with with political indoctrination. Do you know what the DeSantis camp said in reply to that, Andrew? Well, you know what they did? They put a ban. They said, you know what? Bingo, we're not going to provide DeSantis to NBC or any of its affiliates until Andrea Mitchell apologizes. And then she did. And she did. Her That's statement how you do it. said, she That's said, how you do it. this is how you do it. Now, it was a backhanded apology. Listen to what she said. And this is, again, so fascinating. In my interview last Friday with Vice President Harris, I was imprecise in summarizing Governor DeSantis' position about teaching slavery in mm-hmm. schools. Imprecise? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that code for bald-faced lie? You liar? Are you, you corrupt disgusting, lying hack. She goes on to say, Governor DeSantis is not opposed to teaching the fact of slavery in schools, but he has opposed the teaching of an African-American studies curriculum, as well as the use of some authors and source materials that historians and teachers say makes it all but impossible to for students to understand the broader historic and political context behind slavery and its not aftermath. An In other words, not, not, not an apology. A retraction, not and an what apology. she's trying to say is okay. we're supposed to teach that America is rotten to the core, yep. and that's the context that some historians wanted to be taught. And Ron DeSantis do. says, right. you go pound salt. We ain't doing that in Florida. <laughs> exactly. Florida's right. where woke comes all to right. die. That's so, it. I oh love that quote. Gosh, I love it. Fired up. All right. It's ready to go, man. We Happy are ready Thursday. for Thursday. Happy all right, Thursday. We'll see Mike Gallagher ready to roll. He will see you. And you'll hear him 10 o'clock soon as we're done on 660 AM. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.